Can you fade it? I'm s- How about that one? Here we go again. Hello, Roaring Fork Valley. It's a beautiful day outside. How lucky we are. We had a wonderful dusting of snow. We have a beautiful ending for our fall, and winter will be coming. Water, water, water. This is Diane Johnson, your host of Senior Matters, and you know what Senior Senior Matters is all about. Senior Matters is a nonprofit organization whose mission is to foster diverse educational and social programs for seniors of all ages. Senior Matters collaborates with agencies, organizations, and services to bring a wide variety of happenings of interest in our community. Something I've observed in this wonderful community, and of course it all involved what I'm going to talk about is a quick brief on COVID-19. When I go out marketing, when I go out to do the errands I have to do, and when I see people who are very self-aware that we've had a, a pandemic and a virus in our community, everyone is getting better but we're still protecting ourselves and each other. Thank you, Carbondale, for being a community. When you unify with purpose and integrity, we get positive results. And I'm happy to be living here. It's a wonderful community. Today's guest is a gentleman I had the pleasure of seeing a list of contacts that I could connect with to honor and celebrate our Veterans Day. Yes, it's Veterans Day. And always, always, Veterans Day has been celebrated throughout the U.S. with events, with activities, with celebrations, with marches. We see our military. We see those that stand tall and proud and represent the security, the safety of our nation. Today, Greg, are you there? I'm here, Diane. Ah, let me introduce you to our listening audience. Colonel, retired, Gregory J. Rosenmerkel. And I have such interesting information about this incredible officer who throughout his 25 years of service as an Air Force officer and engineer assigned to 11 locations around the U.S. and overseas. His jobs included commanding multiple times at both squadrons, groups, levels, and he led teams on deployments from Somalia, Panama, Haiti, Iraq, Afghanistan, and several other locations. Now, that sounds like a world-traveled gentleman. And what I'm having an issue with right now is my microphone is slowly disappearing from closeness. All right, I'm not going to touch it. 
It'll be there. Greg, I need you here to I'm fix sure. this mess I've made. <laughs> <laughs> you got to give me a few minutes, Diane. Okay. Greg, I am so glad that you are here with us. And I really would like you to share with us who you are, your military history, your family, what you're doing today. Who are you, Greg? All right, Greg? I'm happy to. All right. I'm good, and I, I really appreciate uh, you giving some time to honor veterans on this very important day. You know, something a lot of people lose sight of sometimes is that it's, you know, that other 1%, there's less than 1% of the country that, that bear the responsibility to uh, to serve and ensure our safety. Um, and I was just honored to be a part of that for a good chunk of my life. Um, I grew up in Wisconsin. Uh, I left at age 18 to go to the Air Force Academy down in Colorado Springs. Um, graduated with a degree in civil engineering. And as you mentioned, I spent a little over 25 years as a civil engineer for the Air Force, um, which you know, it took me around the world. Um, you know, there's civil engineers everywhere we have any servicemen. We do a lot of uh, work for the other services as well. Any time there's a helicopter or an airplane landing, it's Air Force engineers that are there. And um, I, I really had enjoyed the opportunity to uh, go to all those different places and help not only my fellow servicemen and women, but also the people that lived in those countries. So, as you said, uh, moved around a good bit. Um, my wife was uh, an Air Force officer as well. She was in the intelligence community. Um, she transitioned from active duty to the reserves when our daughter was born. Um, and together we moved around a good bit after that. Um, after 25 years or so, we made our 13th move here to the Roaring Fork Valley. Um, I was very fortunate to make a smooth transition to being an engineer uh, for the U.S. Forest Service. I'm the engineering staff officer for the White River National Forest here in Glenwood Springs. Um, so it's kind of a, a smooth transition and a job that affords me the opportunity to continue to serve my country, albeit in a very different sense. Yay. I have a question. When you went from location to location and when you were team training, and what, when you... We're doing all these engineering projects. What kind of projects were these engineering events? Well, it, it varied greatly, and that was one thing I really enjoyed about the career field. Um, every Air Force base around the world has a, um, a squadron of engineers that are there to do everything from uh, base development, environmental planning, uh, maintaining the facilities, the runway, providing power, water, all the utilities necessary to support not only the mission, but also the, the people that work there and the families that live on those bases. I hear um, you. Yeah, so as I moved around, um, every location, I was doing something in that same community, but typically very, very different everywhere I went. And that was part of what, what kept it exciting and kept me around for, for as long as I, I was. I know it's hard to speak for your wife in reference to this. As a professional, she had her accountability for the service. As a mother and a wife, this must have been taxing on you as a couple. You're growing in your marriage and your children, and then both of you are dedicated to your military service. You know, 
I'm so glad you finally got to settle. <laughs> yeah, it, it was time. Um, you know, my kids were getting to middle school age. I was in my last assignment. I was at Andrews Air Force Base in Washington, D.C. I was like the city manager for Andrews. And uh, I loved the job. Um, but my kids were at the age where it was time to settle down and let them, you know, be in the same school for more than a year or two. And uh, we were fortunate that we settled here in Glenwood before they entered high school. And uh, they're both, you know, they're both going to be able to, you know, graduate the same high school they started, which is something that, um, honestly, a lot of a lot of my peers' children do not have that opportunity. So, yeah, the military life is hard and um, takes a lot of sacrifice from everybody. My wife and I signed up for this uh, uh, path, but the kids were kind of just brought along. And I think while they had some tremendous opportunities, you know, we lived in Europe and they saw the Eiffel Tower and floated on the gondolas in Venice and things that other kids can only dream of, but it comes at a price and the kids make a sacrifice. And on days like Veterans Day, I'm always uh, reminded to give them a hug and thank them for their service because um, that too often goes unnoticed as well. The families really uh, make a tremendous sacrifice. So those of us that decide to conserve. I hear that. And I've seen that happen. Um, I have a, I have a, uh, something I'd like to share with you about my experience in with military, quote unquote. At five years old, I had an experience, and this was in 1945. And at that time, the war is in its ending, and my mother, my sister, and my little brother and I were on the train going from Burbank, California to Norfolk, Virginia. And all I can remember, other than uh, a few moments with us in the compartment, I have this incredible image of this young man in his military uniform, his khakis and his cap, um, and he had two MPs with him. He was a deserter, and he was a conscientious objector. And the, I remember his gentleness and his being with me, my sister and brother and mother, and just how I didn't see any anger in him or frustration, but I'll tell you what he did teach me. He taught me patience. He also smoked cigarettes, and he was blowing smoke rings for me. I'd never seen smoke rings before, you know, and I was able to travel up with the smoke rings with my finger, you know. So that issue in military is, is in a negative, I'm, sh I'm taking us in a way, is hard for the families, for the person. Have you experienced anything like that at this point or ever? Um, I, I did have one time prior to a deployment where an individual, for religious reasons, um, just felt that uh, things had changed and he would no longer uh, carry a weapon. But here's what I'll tell you, Diane, and what I'd share with your listeners. Um, you know, there's, there's times in our, our country, and we're going through a tough patch now, um, but I'll tell you, the kids who continue to raise their right hand and volunteer to serve their country and be part of something bigger than themselves, um, and what's different now is an all-volunteer service, which is a little different than the time you're talking about right. um, 
where this gentleman came in. So uh, I'll tell you, the kids who raise their hand to serve today, um, they're smarter and they're better every single day. And that's the reason I stuck around as long as I did. It's just inspirational to be around those kind of people. They're all around you. It's a tiny percentage that would even um, qualify to serve the armed forces these days for one reason or another. But um, those kids are amazing. Uh, they give of themselves for others. And uh, I just I spent every day um, just inspired to try to be the leader people like that deserve. Oh, I love hearing that. I also say, hear the word inspiration. And that feeds us. It helps us to build our own character. And it helps us develop. And for you to watch that blooming with young people going into the military, I can believe it and I can feel it. I, you know, I think, what would I do? I'd be there. But then... Everyone has their choice today. We have our choices. Talk to me about what's going on in our community as far as you taking all your years of engineering skills and brought it to our community. What are you doing? Well, um, you know, at at my job as the engineer for the White River National Forest, we, again, um, I serve with a team of people who are, um, you know, proud of being something bigger than themselves and serving people and, and caring for the land. And we're making sure that roads, bridges, facilities, uh, trails and trailheads and all those things are as safe as we can possibly make them for our visiting public, which has gone through, um, of course, a tremendous surge. Um, visitation has never been higher. Uh, that that Amazing. takes a toll on some of our infrastructure. Um, but especially during the COVID, and you, you opened up the show talking about that, um, people have really been have been flocking to uh, public lands and nature. Um, it's a great way to heal, and I'm proud to be a part of that. Uh, one thing I'd share, too, is that it was just this week it was announced that uh, the Park Service, the Forest Service, U.S. Fish and Wildlife, and all federally managed lands are now fee-free for all veterans and Gold Star families. So just yes. any of your listeners... All those fee sites are now free for all veterans. Uh, I'm so glad because it's such an easy thing to do. You know, that's right. And then, like I said, it's, it's less than a percent of the population, so it seems like a reasonable trade-off. I do hear that question. I I don't. Here's another area that's hard, hard, hard. But the statistics are showing something that is is happening to some of our military personnel. And the rate of suicide has gone up. And talk to us about what the military is helping to do for them. What services are provided? What's going on? Well, you know, we've learned a lot. This is this has been the longest war the nation has been in for a long time. Uh, the good news is that um, due to modern technology and medicine, um, we're able to get people off the battlefield quicker than ever before. What that means is that people are surviving at rates that were uh, previously unheard of, and people are coming home with injuries um, in greater numbers. And a lot of that is uh, traumatic brain injuries, and post-traumatic stress, uh, 
Yes. And the, the VA system is just overwhelmed. But I'll tell you, um, it's, it's getting better every day. And personally, while waiting for VA um, medical care sometimes takes a little while, mm-hmm. the providers mm-hmm. has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. But to your point, what I wanted to share, too, today with all your listeners is um, a little bit about the Western Slope Veteran Coalition. Um, myself, as uh, I'm president of the board of directors and with, with my fellow board members and several in the community, um, the uh, Veterans Resource Center is open. And that resource center is, is named the Jesse Beck Hughes Casey Owens Veteran Resource Center. Um, it's it's a hard for, one to yeah. remember. It, it is. It is. And I'll, t- I'll plug it once and I'll say it again. If folks can go to westernslopeveterans.org, you can read about it. But Good. to your point, Jeffy Beckius and Casey Owens are two young men from here in the Valley who, you know, served their country um, in the 2004 through six range. Uh, they came back with, you know, some of those injuries that are not visible and had a real tough time reintegrating to civilian society and um, healing from some of those unseen wounds. Mm. And our Western Slope Veteran Coalition exists with a primary purpose to connect people like that to resources that are available now and make sure that that doesn't happen again. Can you do us a favor again? Two things. One, the uh, contact list through email um, and any phone number for a contact, if you have that available. Yeah, absolutely. So again, the a lot of information is at the website, westernslopeveterans.org. Uh, we man the office Monday through Friday, 10 till 3. The phone number there is 970-233-8735. And our email is wsveteranscoalition at gmail.com. The website also has contact information for the three County Veteran Services Officers with whom we work. So Pat Hammond over in Eagle County, David Pruitt here in Garfield County, who actually sits in our building on Thursdays and takes care of veterans face-to-face, and um, T.J. Bolt down in Pitkin County. Wonderful. All that contact information is on the website, westernslopeveterans.org. Good, good, good. I need to pass a little bit of information on. Um Lift Up. This is a little announcement about Lift Up. They will continue with mobile food distribution drive through sites through February 221. The schedule will continue as one day a week per, com- per community from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. And Carbondale is served on Mondays, Parachute on Tuesdays, Newcastle on Wednesdays, Glenwood Springs on Thursdays, and Rifle on Fridays. Lift Up is working with Pitkin County to reopen its pantry in Aspen by appointment. And more information is at liftup.org. And I'm going to say something about Lift Up. I've been there. I've received the gift from Lift Up. It has helped through some hard times and through some changes in my life. Thank you for Lift Up being there. Thank you for Mary Kenyon for Meals and More. 
Thank you for those agencies that are assisting our community through this time. Now I'm back. And you're still there, Greg. Yes, ma'am. In fact, that's a perfect segue because the one thing I wanted to mention, too, um, the Western Slope Veteran Coalition uh, provides outreach to military service men and women, including veterans and their families, by connecting them to local and national agencies and VA resources, but also local resources like LiftUp. So we don't necessarily provide food to a hungry veteran who comes through the door, but we certainly connect them with organizations like LiftUp, like the county housing authorities, um, like all those other um, veteran organizations and other nonprofits who serve uh, to help help others. And we try to connect them for whatever they need. If it's, if it's a recreational opportunity, we'll connect them with the Adaptive Ski Program or Huts for Vets or Project Healing Waters. Or if they have more basic needs, um, like those that LIFTA provides, um, we try to make sure that they make contact with those uh, organizations. That's wonderful. Um, I just... It just slipped out of my ears. I was just going to ask you a question, and then I got hung up on what you were saying. Isn't that wonderful? Sorry about that. Uh, Me too. Hey, listeners, does that sound familiar? (laughs) I hope so. You know, our community of veterans, you know, I can see those that are being a part of the community, those that are volunteering. But I want to reach out to the volunteers in our community that want more purpose in their life. They might want to share their gifts and and care with veterans, you know, and their families, you know. It's not just a one person that you'll be involved with. Um, the one-to-ones are is and and families and volunteers that want to be a part of Greg's community work. What's your call? Telephone number again, Greg. Yeah, let me scroll down to that again. Um, mm-hmm. I don't have it memorized. It's, on, it's all on speed dial anymore. You just hit the button, right? That's right. Nine seven zero two three three. 8735. And again, all that contact information is on westernslopeveterans.org. But you bring up a great point, Diane. You know, we exist simply on donations and grants. We've had some very generous grants from, uh, you know, Garfield County, who gives us the space in which we operate. Alpine Bank has matched donations. Uh, Town of Snowmass Citizens and other foundations and nonprofits have helped us out. Um, we were participating in Colorado Gives and Giving Tuesday. Greg? Is that my wrap up? Yeah, we're signing off automatically. This is it. Thank you, Greg. Veterans Day. Thank you for giving us the gift of your service. This is Diane Johnson, Senior Matters. Good day. <laughs>